Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I want to just specially welcome every one of you tuned in right now from all parts of the world. I want to say a big thank you and a big welcome. Thank you for being a part of this. Look, if you're here, you're in for an amazing time. If you're here, you're here to close this month with a bang. And and I truly do believe, I mean, so far I've gotten a lot of testimonies from these things we are teaching because these are things that we we need to live by. Remember, as we you know, emphasize the gift of grace, how you cannot please God, you cannot earn your salvation by your works. We, we, we emphasize the, the gift of grace. It's a gift. It's a free gift. But we will be remiss to not emphasize the gift, I, I mean, the goal of grace. As much as there is a gift of grace, there is a goal of grace. There is something that grace wanted to achieve. And that's what we see in Titus 2.11. So right away as we start, and I want you to just open your Bibles to Titus 2.11. We're going to read till 14. This has been an anchor text for us all through. And we cannot but just read it again this evening. So let's go there. Titus 2 from verse 11 to 14. By now, you must have had this memorized. You must have had this memorized, right? But let's check it out together. Titus 2 from verse 11. What does it say? From from the KJV, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. What does it do? It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world so here you see the goal of grace it it appears to all people to do what what is its purpose to teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts that we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That's a goal of grace, to redeem you, to buy you back. That's what the word redeem means, to buy you back from the the hands of iniquity and to do what? To purify unto himself a peculiar people. It set apart people, a unique race of people who are zealous of good works. Praise the name of Jesus. And that's where we all started this. This is where we started this series. Zealous, being passionate about doing good things. Right. That hasn't changed. It's still the goal of grace. Grace is not a tool that allows you to relax and sit back and do whatever it is that you want to do. Because, I mean, after all, God will look at you and forgive you and say, you know what? It's fine. This is grace. Now, continue, continue. Have fun. Have fun. Don't worry. My grace covers everything. Uh -uh. Have fun, my child. Have fun. That's not what grace is. Grace actually gives us a higher standard to live by. 
as much as in the Old Testament, you had a lot of laws, a lot of them listed, over 630 that these people called the Israelites had to abide by. There were a lot of them, but trust me, the, the, the expectations weren't so high. Now in the New Testament, all those commandments are simplified into one, love God and love people. But I tell you, the expectations and the demands are even much higher. But thankfully, we have grace to teach us how to live according and if I exceed the expectations of us even in this life. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So look, we're diving in. And the teaching, the, the, the topic for the teaching this evening is matters of the heart matter. Matters of the heart matter. And, and I know what matters of the heart is. For, for those of you who, who have heard that phrase before, you know it's, a, it's, it's all about lovey-dovey. You know, sooty touchy nice stuff, love, you know, all about romance and, and boy meets girl. You know, I have to use this voice because that's, that's what it is. Love. It's not just love. It's love. And, and that's what matters of the heart seems to communicate. But, you know, to be honest with you, matters of the heart involves the, every other thing it involves so much that happens in your heart and, and i and i feel that fundamentally the reason why so many of us are not enjoying the victorious life that that we are afforded in this life is because of what occupies our heart it's because of the matters of our hearts and I'm here to tell you that the matters of your heart actually matter. It matters what goes into your heart. It matters what you retain in your heart because that in the end helps influence your work and your walk with the Lord. It, hel- it helps influence what, what fruits you start to bear, whether it's the works of righteousness or the works of the flesh, right? The matters of the heart really do matter. And that's what we're talking about this evening. And I want to start up, you know, with with a story of two very famous people in the Bible. And before we go to that story, I, I cannot but read this this scripture in Ephesians chapter two from verse ten. Right? We need to read this, and and I want this to be a reminder of who you are and where you are. <laughs> All right? This is who you are and where you are. So. You know, Ephesians 2 verse 8. Let's go there. Um, We're going to read actually verse 10. But, you know, Ephesians 2 8 starts by telling you you are saved by grace through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's a free gift. Not of works, lest you have a reason to boast. And you see that that's the whole idea. God had never tried to, 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 to have you impress him by the things you do. He wants to give it free of charge because no matter how, how many good things you do, he, he never will be impressed. How many good things do you have to do to await the bad for him to be impressed? That's an endless and very, uh, you know, perilous kind of life where you're trying to impress God at every given point in time. And so he, he solved the whole problem and said, you really can't please me with this good works. The only thing that pleases God is faith. As Hebrews tells us, it is impossible to please God, you know, without faith. Right. And so look at verse 10. It tells you who you are and where you are. For we are his workmanship. Say, I am his workmanship. You know, another way to put it is I am his masterpiece. Another way to put it is I am his creation. 
right? He created me. The question is, where did he create you? He created you in Christ Jesus. And for what purpose? Unto good works, which God hath ordained before that we should walk in them. Isn't that beautiful? So, before you even got to experience his saving grace, he had ordained it that you would walk in the goal of grace. You would, you would, you would be created unto good works in his son. So who are you? You are his workmanship. Where are you? You are in Christ Jesus. What purpose were you created in Christ Jesus unto good works? Beautiful, isn't it? All right. So that's what I want us to remember in everything we do in every decision you're going to take because the truth is with the advancing technology today there are a lot of gray areas there are a lot of of blurry lines you know to decide what is right what is wrong you get to a point in your life "Ah, i don't know if abortion is exactly right or exactly wrong the bible doesn't seem to talk about it I, i don't know if homosexuality is really wrong i mean the bible doesn't clearly say you know homosexuals are sinners you know it's not so clear you know you think of you know i don't know what to say about this issue or that issue or you know the bible doesn't clearly talk about pornography so i can't really say if it's bad the bible doesn't seem to talk about masturbation so i don't really think it's it's bad so the truth is with 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 the advance in technology a lot of things that you know the 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 historically were present in the days when the bible were written will not be applicable right now directly because of technology but because you realize who you are where you are and for what purpose you were created that helps you discern that helps you to look okay you know what pornography might not be clearly stated but it's rooted in sexual immorality you know you see, abortion wasn't clearly stated in many ways but we see it rooted in thou shall not kill and because you, you are sensitive to god's will you can discern his will for your life praise the name of jesus so i'm going to talk about the story of two men right two people that you're very well familiar with you know i'm talking about the first person i'm going to talk to you about is david these two people had a journey to kingship had a journey to rulership and the first guy david you know him is a man who had a beautiful strong heart for the lord this was a man who meditated on the lord day and night this was a man who's who wrote psalms and hymns and songs just praising and celebrating god's glory david was the kind of person that would look at a tree you just be passing like if you had a friend that was david you'd be so tired you you will not walk with him to lecture rooms in in, in school you will just walk in and david just say Wait, guy hold on hold on man look at this flower look at how it blossoms on a summer day look at how it bends to the breeze of god's path i beg guy i beg leave me i beg meet me in class i beg <laughs> i don't understand what they're doing david was that kind of person he would look at nature he would look at all the things god created and just really really give him the glory for that right but i mean you can't deny he really loved the lord but at some point in his life something happened he was tempted you know on the other side before I continue the story of David, there, there's the second man who is called Joseph. You know Joseph, a, a guy who loved his family, who loved the Lord, and he got into trouble for, you know, sort of bragging about what he saw in his dream and just pushing it in their face. And they got envious and they sold him out and he found himself in Potiphar's house as a slave, you know, found himself 
working as as a servant in in, in Portifa's house, and I mean, this guy was in fact there was a joke that someone told i i saw it on um, on someone's status and the person said that uh, you know women can never cheat on it uh, on a man that is not broke but women will always cheat on broke men and the person used a reply and said then why did potiphar's wife cheat on the husband <laughs> with joseph who was broke so to speak um but that's just by the way anyways but she she sort of liked this guy i don't know why but it was just something about joseph and if you know the story this was not just a one-time thing this was an issue where she would go again and again and and say joe boy <laughs> jojo how far now jojo come now you never see my side and let's let's you know let's talk let's no 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 you know he resisted time and time again he was found on on the job he was working he was so successful on his work so productive that he was promoted to the highest level in the house of potiphar he was promoted to a level that he was in charge of everything else and, and this woman continued and continued on the other hand with david david was not found on duty he was in a place where his defenses were lowered he was in a time where he hadn't put a guard and a fence to his heart and then he looked across his balcony and sees a beautiful woman who is bathing and she's naked my question to her is why that's my question to her. why <laughs> why was Bathsheba having her bath in Sheba. Okay, never mind. Why was she having a bath? That's my question in, in public, in the open. But I mean, sometimes in those kinds of houses, it, it could be that the, the window, the kind of window she had was very open and well, there's no excuse, but sure, David saw her. That's the, que- that's the, the situation on ground. David saw her and was moved. The truth is he had every reason to quench that thought he had every opportunity to to discard that thought but he welcomed it his defenses were lowered he was not working he was not found on duty and after he did that there was another temptation to come clean to her husband and say look this is what i did i asked for your forgiveness but what happened he gave more room to more temptation you know he tried to arrange for the woman to go back to the husband when he came back from the battlefield her husband was a soldier and he wanted to arrange for her to to meet him when he comes back so that they can you know have you know you know sleep together so that if they have a child eventually they can say ah it's not it can't be anybody else this is my child you know and just deceive him and the guy didn't want to come back the guy didn't want to he was like how can i be back and and, and be with my wife when my other people are the field fighting no i won't do that and they was like oh guy look at you know i was trying to help you and and he he was still giving room to more thoughts and more negativity to the point that he said look the only way to cover this thing i need to kill this guy ah i need to kill this guy he has to go and so he sent word that they should put him in the hottest part of the war and that's where this guy died right his defenses were lowered he was found idle and he succumbed to temptation on the other hand 
Joseph was found on duty. He was being tempted while he was on duty. But, you know, it got to a time where he, he, he responded to her. He told her, look, your husband has given me charge to everything in this house except you. And look, Joseph was in a time before the law. You need to realize that. David was at a time way after the days of Moses, after the laws were instituted. David was in that time, but Joseph, no. You need to realize that that, that Joseph was in a time where where he he was he was trying to 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 just live according to 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 his love for the Lord. Do you understand? He was in a time, you know, before Moses had, had instituted these things, but yet he could talk to Potiphar's wife and tell her, I will not commit this sin against God. I will not commit this sin against God. There was a there was a, a moral compass that he had that was sensitive and he was he was always on guard. He was on duty. He was careful to, to discard those thoughts. If if he had if he decided to have his way, nobody had to know. Nobody had to know they would have covered it up for as long as they would. He was faced with the chance of look, if if you do this, nobody has to know. If you don't do this, you're going to get into trouble. And he chose to stand for what he believed. He chose to stand by God. He chose to honor his commitment to the Lord and stand by it. These were two men that loved the Lord. But one thing you need to realize is in a place where your defenses are lowered, no matter how strong you think you are, you can fall easily for temptation. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why we're having this teaching. Matters of the heart matter. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So look, it really does matter. It matters where your heart is. It matters how you command your affections. It matters what you devote your time to. It matters what you are consistently exposed to. It matters. It really does matter. You know, when you talk about the heart... The, the Hebrew word for heart is lab. It's a, it's a Hebrew word called lab. And what it means is it's talking about the deepest parts of your mind. You're, you're talking about, I mean, when you think of heart, it's not talking about that organ that pumps blood around your system. When the Bible talks about heart, many times it refers to, to that center for, for your emotions, that place where your emotions, your will, your intellect are. That's what it's talking about. Your mind, your mind, your feelings, everything that influences action. That's what it's talking about when it says heart. So it it matters what comes into your heart. I tell you that what you feed your mind consistently, what you feed your mind consistently, what you feed your heart consistently has a way of influencing who you become. It, It becomes a practice and then it becomes a habit and then it develops into a lifestyle that's always how it's going to be we are all products of influence we are all products of influence and i need you to realize that the reason why you 
the reason why you walk the way you walk was because sometimes you, you at some time you looked at how someone walked and decided to walk that way you know if 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 you hear me teach now as i'm teaching there are some ways that i sound that you can say mm, right there he sounded like someone a, a pastor i know it's, it's because of influence is the power of influence. We are all products of influence. No one came into this world alone as an island without any sort of influence. The reason why you can talk today is because you were influenced by someone to be able to talk and to speak. Do you understand? You are a product of your influences. The question is, what influences are you allowing dominate your life? Do you understand? What what do you expose yourself to? Let's have a conversation. What do you expose yourself to? Um, I, I gave this illustration one time, and this real life story, <laughs> where, you know, honestly, today, in this day and age, it, it's hard to find a very good movie that doesn't have strong language. The movie, trust me, the storyline might be awesome. The actors might be amazing. The director might be off the charts. But somehow, somewhere, there's just a lot of strong language. And as much as we try to fast forward or block our ears or try to censor, it's, it doesn't still help. There's a lot of F words and, and S words and B words and W words and K words. And okay, like every word is a word. I mean, every letter has a word is what I'm trying to say. Um, it's just flying all around. And sometimes you might just be like, ah, it's just that, you know, as long as the movie is interesting. But what we don't realize is that we are actually products of our influences. I remember one time I, I was, I, I don't know what I was doing. I, I endured a movie that, that had, in fact, it wasn't a movie, it was a series. But I tried to endure it because I'd heard so much about it. But there were a lot of F-bombs flying around in in the series. And I just, I just said, let me just manage. Let me just manage. Let me just handle this. Let me just, you know, pa- you know, just see it through, anyways. And it was so. I mean, that word was just circulating in my mind. In fact, I didn't realize it until the time when I, I was looking for something. And one thing I don't like is where I put something and I can't find it anymore because someone put it somewhere else. And so this was back on campus in school. And one of my um, floor mates, sometimes he comes to the room a lot. And I was looking for something. I was looking for something. uh, And I had only one thing left of it. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it was um, a particular meal. I put it in my locker or something, something that I'd, I had reserved for later and stuff. And he, I, he came to the room, took this thing, right, without my permission from my locker. And I was asking, hey, guys, have you seen my this? Guys, have you seen my And the guy has been there, had been there all this while. And and finally, and I said, oh, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for this thing. He said, oh, um, I, I ate it. I was like, wait, what? You, you mean you came to my locker? Without my permission, took something from me, and and I said, "Man, what the?" At the point I was about to say, "What the?" I, <laughs> if not for God, hey, if not for God, I would have just exposed myself. <laughs> but I said, "What the Father in heaven is wrong with you?" <laughs> That's all I could get get out at that moment. But I knew the word that was going to come out. I knew what that word was. And that's because I had exposed myself 
to this thing. Do you understand? And it's not just from TV. It's from from friends, from colleagues that use these words without remorse. And you're hearing it. You're hearing it. The question is, are you doing anything about... The truth is, hardly... You can't control what comes in. That's the truth. Many times you can't control what comes in. But the question is, what do you do with what comes in? Do you keep, do you discard, and do you replace? You have options. It's either you keep it, it's either you discard it, you know, you can discard it and just leave it plain, or do you discard and replace it with something better? Do you understand? When, you know the story of, of uh, the, the demon-possessed person, that when you cast that person out, if the demons find that place empty, they go and gather seven stronger demons to occupy that place because it was left empty, right? And so it's the same idea. Even if you try to discard something from your mind, you leave it empty. Do you replace it with good things? Do you understand? You, are, you, you can't really control what influences you're exposed to, but you can control what you keep. You can control what stays. That's the whole point. For some of you, it might not even be strong language. It could be something like violence. Violence. I, I, I know that not all families are, are peaceful, and in harmony there are some times that we're exposed to seeing lots of violence in the family domestic violence between mommy and daddy and they're fighting and they are arguing all the time those are parts of the influences and when the children see things like that they they start to see a picture of what marriage looks like it becomes distaste, distasteful. It becomes something to run away from, something to be anxious about. And before long, it's either of two things. Either you find the children running away from marriage, or when they do enter a marriage, start to repeat the same things they saw their parents do. We are all products of influence, believe it or not. When you see someone who is abusive in a relationship, you need to backtrack. Where did this thing start from? No one just wakes up and said, I feel like I should be violent to my wife. I feel like I should be that silly. I just like it. Nobody wakes up that way. You have been influenced to think that way by someone or some experience. For others, it could be sexual content. And look, let me not even get started on this one. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's everywhere. Today, we can hardly control our exposure to this. Even if you're not going about looking for this, it's going to find you some way, somehow. It's everywhere. It could be an, an, an honest, sincere post on social media of a, of a young lady who is just trying to look good to, to everyone, but somehow she is overexposed. And you're like, ah, look at this picture. Or, you know, if in fact, in, in places like Twitter, you know, you can see all sorts of things that are even uncensored. Wherever you go, you're just seeing a lot of, of, of sexual content. You, you can hardly see a show or a movie on Netflix that doesn't have some sort of sexual content or nudity. It's, it's the world we are living in now. What the world will tell you, it's, it's art. It's freedom. It's literal, it's literary expression. Be free to express yourself. It's beautiful art. It's called perversion. We are, we are exposed to these things. And you know, what a lot of people feel is what a lot of people do that that is a mistake is you overestimate your ability to resist 
David must have done the same. I was like, I mean, I can just stay at this balcony and just watch this one. It's fine. Let me just look at her for a while and then I go back to my other duties. But even if that was the case, guess what? Those thoughts started to stay and dwell and take form and take shape in his heart. And then he made a move. You don't know when that day will come when you make a move. But guess what? You've been watching that silhouette challenge. You've been seeing all the things that we have. You've been watching the busted challenges. In fact, you're the one that will tell people, ah, people should stop watching the busted challenge. Look at this. You know you know all the people that have done the busted challenge. You've watched their videos, but you're telling others, don't watch this busted challenge. It's not good for you. This silhouette challenge, look at it. Ah, look at what they are doing with their... No, don't watch it. You know, <laughs> and you're exposing yourself to these things you know little by little you don't realize that you really are a product of influences they're they're allowing thoughts settle longer than they should right let me give you a typical example you know how we say guys are moved by what they see ladies are moved by what they hear of course that's not entirely accurate we do uh you know we are moved by our senses altogether not just by sight or by hearing Uh, ladies are moved by what they see too right guys are moved by what they hear as well you know or smell as the case may be (laughs) but look this is the idea when a guy sees a lady and she looks attractive that's fine right there's there is a period of time where it's acceptable you look you admire great great job you've done a good work it's good to admire god's beauty you you know and you exclaim god did create it's great but when you linger longer hmm, that sounds nice linger longer when you linger longer and you just look and you just stare and you start to form thoughts and lust starts to, to set in then it's a problem it's a problem so look you will see things you will hear things the point is what do you do with what you hear and what you see for some of you it's 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 gossiping you're always around people who talk about other people that guess what you will you will find yourself doing the same you will gossip you will talk about people you will slander them behind their backs that's what happens So what do you expose yourself to? I promise you. See, the truth is, whatever you give your heart to and what you give your time to, you start to become. You really do. These are the building blocks of your life. You are are literally a building block, or let me say a building of blocks of influence. That's what you are. You are a building of blocks of influence. You are built by influences. That's it. So don't think that the things you are seeing or hearing don't affect you. Don't overestimate your ability. Don't. Don't ever think that way. David tried to. He, He made that mistake. He did. You know, scientists say that you become what you eat. And, and literally, that is true. You, you, you are what you eat because the, the, the cells of your body are gotten from the food you eat. They're replaced by the food um, that you eat, literally. So if you're eating healthy, you're replacing your body cells, your dead cells, with, with, with healthy food healthy cells and and if you're doing if you're eating junk food that's why there's a lot of unhealthiness involved so as much as you become what you take in as per food you also become what you take in in other ways in your senses in your sight 
in what you see and what you hear and what you perceive. These are the things you actually become. But my, my challenge to every one of us listening right now is to start creating a culture around you where Christ matters most. To create a culture around you and to create an environment around you where Christ is all that matters. Where you are saturated with all of Christ. You are, you are faced, see, you are faced with the decision every day to keep or to discard these things. And it's high time you get better at it. You know, one thing to know is that you can't really control what goes into your mind, like I said, but you can control what stays. You might not be able to control what goes into your mind, but you can control what stays. You know, it's, your mind is like this. Let me tell you what your mind looks like sometimes. Um, sometimes it's like an internet browser. You know, sometimes you just want to go to www.google.com and check out something you're searching for but when you click on that sometimes there's a pop-up window something that you didn't intend to click that just pops up automatically i don't know if you can relate to that how many of you know what i'm talking about you can just click something and it opens another thing that you didn't even plan to click maybe an advertisement or you know maybe a malicious website something like that that's how your mind is sometimes sometimes unknowingly there are pop-up windows that come there are things that that sidetrack you distractions wrong negative you know windows or thoughts that come the question is will you close those tabs will you close those tabs do you understand so so that's the idea that's the idea what we need what what we need to do is to create that atmosphere where our minds are only focused on the things of god do you understand build a strong desire and passion for the lord it's it's your responsibility it's your responsibility you you cannot afford to be idle about about being your own security guard you can't be idle about it you know don't think that what occupies your mind won't come back to visit you you actually will reap what you sow right and i need you to just remember this i would give you a few tips before we continue i just want to give you a few tips about you know overcoming temptations this is overcoming temptations 101 and um, i i know I've, I've mentioned a couple of things about overcoming temptation one of which is um which might be my first point um how you should speak out right when it comes to to overcoming temptation don't use your mind to fight your mind use your words to 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 fight those thoughts don't use thoughts to fight thoughts use words to fight thoughts use the same formats that that jesus used use the same format that joseph used where he spoke out and said i will not commit this sin against god and against my master i will not commit the sin he spoke out he said it jesus spoke out against the devil and said it and it was resisted the same temptation when when peter came do you know jesus was tempted not just by the devil but also by peter simon peter his disciple his trusted friend tempted him told him you don't have to die you don't have to die don't leave us you know it was sentimental but jesus realized it was a temptation because right there his body didn't want to die his spirit was willing but his flesh was weak and he resisted and he said get thee behind me satan for you savor not the things that be of god and peter was like 
oh my goodness what just happened right now i'm not i promise i'm not the devil and jesus recognized that there was something that was that was that was a temptation right then he immediately he spoke against it that's a very vital tool when you are tempted speak against it it can be for you because this is just the easiest that comes to mind. If you're talking about things that are of a sexual nature or of a sexual um, circumstance, you need to speak out. Your body is telling you something. Your body is telling you, "Oh no, just just do just one just one last time. Just 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 indulge. It's fine." Like your body tells you, "Like look, if you don't do this thing, you will die." <laughs> That's how it feels many times. But you need to tell your body also. As your body is speaking to you, tell your body, "No, no, no, no. I sub." do you i put you under the spirit no i am not a slave to you i'm not a slave to sin i am a slave of righteousness you talk back you speak back you speak out you fight it with words because your words are powerful praise the name of jesus so that's one way that's the first thing i would say you speak out second thing is control your environment control your environment monitor what goes into your heart and what goes out the the bible the scripture says in in proverbs chapter 4 from verse 23 tells you guard your heart above all else i'm reading from the nlt guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life i love that scripture it says guard your heart guard your heart with all diligence there is an approach to god in your heart and it's a diligent one it's not one that is idle it's not one that is compromising it's a diligent approach you guard your heart because out of your you know what what go comes out of your life determines the course of your life what comes out of your heart determines the course of your life it determines how you go, how you live, who you become. The, the, the matters of the heart do matter. The matters of your heart, they matter. So guard, guard what goes into it. Control your environment. Don't just give room to any influence. Control, 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 monitor it monitor it think think about your day what has come into my mind what have i allowed stay in my mind because it's a seed that one day would want to germinate so you need to make sure that you're planting the right heart seeds right now so when it germinates you become the person that god wants you to be you start to bear good fruits praise the name of jesus and number three this is still a very powerful concept that seems to be watered down and it's flee Flee all appearances of evil. Flee all appearances of evil. Have zero tolerance for anything negative, for anything sinful. Just the slightest, the slightest appearance of anything that is evil. Flee. Run. This is both, this is both practical and very, very literal right it, it is very literal in the sense that it's not just about oh you know i flee in my mind i know i, I allow I, t- I tell my mind to flee that's not the kind of flee. It, it if it requires you leaving that particular space and location you need to do it if you look at what joseph did he fled he really did flee he ran he ran like he left there he didn't say no no 
Joe boy, stop, stop touching me now. Joe boy, Joe boy, uh, you know you want this. Stop touching me, Joe. Stop. I don't want to do this thing against God. He didn't do that. He ran. He literally ran for his dear life. And that's what God is giving us as a, as, as, as a standard, as an example to run. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 18. I'm going to... I'm going to um, do this, right? I'm going to share with you some scriptures. First Corinthians six eighteen. Let's check it out. First Corinthians six eighteen. Praise the name of Jesus. It says, "Flee from sexual immorality." All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whosoever sins sexually sins against their own body. But look at what it says. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee. The word flee is run, run, run. Look, I know that you just want to check another picture of that girl that you've been thinking about. I know you just want to click on that website. I know you just want to check through this and check through that. I know that you just want to you know, indulge in that in that in that movie that has a lot of vulgarity in it and, and, and strong language. Flee. The Bible is 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 strong on that. Flee. If it means you running out of your room and everybody in the house is like ah, ah. Kilo Day, what's happening? Are you okay? <laughs> Just laugh and say ah, you don't understand. It's I, I'm fine. In fact, because of this, I am fine. <laughs> they don't. They might not understand, but you you are fighting for your dear life. It's a war. I tell you, the war against the flesh and the spirit is still on. Sadly, we have to endure it because we don't have our glorified body. We don't have the full um, the fullness of of salvation, spirit, soul, and body yet. But in the time being, we will flee sexual temptation. Say, I will flee sexual temptation. I will flee sexual immorality. Run! If it means throwing your phone away, of course, in a safe location, throw it! Throwing that laptop away, throw it! Throw that book away, throw it! Run away from that girl, even though she's right in front of you. Run away! <laughs> Run away! Flee! All appearances of evil flee sexual immorality. Second Timothy 2 verse 22. It says, flee the evil desires of youth. Or other or another way to put it is flee youthful lusts, right? It says, flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness. Look at that. See, I love this terminology because it tells you what to run away from and what to run towards. It tells you run away from evil, lustful desires, but run towards righteousness. It tells you to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. See that? So you're to do this even with people who are doing the same thing. And this is, this is what leads to my next point in fighting temptation, which is accountability. You, you, you will only be able to pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace consistently and sustainably along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's God's system, right? That's, that's point number four. But let's look at more scriptures. Romans 6.13. Do not offer 
any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So he tells you, don't offer yourself to sin. Don't yield yourself to sin. Run away from that and run to God. Yield yourself to God because he brought you from death to life. Glory to God. James chapter 4 from verse 7. Look at that. He tells you that submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. You can resist the devil. You can say no to the devil and he will flee from you. Look at that. He will flee from you. Ephesians 5 verse 3. Look at this. But among you there must not. See when it comes to fleeing all appearances of evil. It means you have zero, zero tolerance. As per zero tolerance. So Ephesians 5.3 says, But amongst you, there must not even be a hint, a hint. And when it says among you, it means you believers. There should not be a hint of sexual immorality, of any kind of impurity, or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Now, we've talked a lot about sexual immorality, but greed, covetousness is also real. We don't be a paper chaser don't be a money chaser be content with where you are don't be the kind of person that looks to be like someone else to try to get what others have be content in what you have and who you are in god do you understand but it says don't let a hint of sexual immorality even be among you praise the name of jesus so you see the bible stand on this is to flee is to flee is to run but look, I, I know this sounds stressful. Like, there's a lot of running to do. There's a lot of fleeing to do. But but I want to help you. And I want you to realize that, look, when when the matters of your heart are things that concern the Lord, where your heart is saturated with only thoughts of God, thoughts of his will, it makes it easier. You know, when the Bible tells you you know, in, in, in Ephesians chapter, chapter, in fact, let's read it together. Ephesians 5, 17. Ephesians 5, 17. We're going to read till verse 19. I want you to see something important here. We, we've spent a lot of time talking about what to run away from, but I want to help you know what to run towards so that it makes it easier for you. So you have more direction even in this walk of victory. Ephesians 5, 17 to 19. It says, therefore, do not be unwise. But understand what the will of, of the Lord is. I like the way that, that that starts. It says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So there, there is an instruction for us here to, to desire to understand what the will of the Lord is in every given situation. Verse 18 which you all should know uh, by now. It says, and do not be drunk with wine, you know, which is in, dis- in which is dissipation. Don't be drunk with wine wearing in excess, as the K- KJV says, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the spirit 
speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Melody, melody, melody. I've got melody in my heart. I know some of you know that song, right? Destiny's Kids, right? Make melodies in your heart to the Lord. The whole point of this is fill yourself with the Spirit. Fill yourself with thoughts of God. Fill yourself with thoughts of Christ. And guess what? It's not a prayer that you say, fill me up, fill me up. It's a responsibility. It's an instruction. You are you are given that responsibility to saturate your mind, to fill your heart with thoughts of God through psalms, through spiritual songs, through hymns, through exhortations, through teachings, through Bible readings. You just saturate yourself to the point that it's only God and Christ you think about every time. That's what God wants from you. He wants that the matters of your heart are the things that revolve around him. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at this. In in, in Deuteronomy and, and actually in a lot of scriptures, there is an instruction that God gives. There's a commandment that God gives. And, and, and Jesus himself has rated this as the, the, the first and greatest commandment. And you see it in Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 6 from verse 5. You see it in Matthew 22 from verse 37 to 38. You see it in Mark 12, 30 to 31. You see it in Luke 10, verse 27. It's it's replete in scriptures. And I'm going to show you, look, it's, it's recited in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. You, you shall love, Deuteronomy chapter 6 from verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Matthew 22 verse 37 says the same thing. Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. See, the reason why this is important is because, look at it, like your heart, your soul, your mind, these are one and the same thing. It's to tell you that even in your approach to the lord your your mind matters even in your approach to the lord and your interaction with the lord your your heart matters it's it needs to be involved in it he says love the lord with all not a part not half in half out with everything love the lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your mind let everything go in the direction of your love for the Lord (laughs) that's the point he wants you to love him with your entirety he wants he wants to be the one that matters in your life it's a call to honor God above all else in your life and that's why I've said in your in your walk in, in, in demonstrating good works and bearing fruits don't spend all the time focusing on sin and how to fight sin and how to purge sin and how to drive sin. Let what you focus on also be your love for the Lord and his love for you. Emphasize his instructions in your life. Prioritize his will in your life. 
Look, just focus on your love for God. Love Him. Honor Him. Let your actions, let your words prove it. Prove your love for God daily. Look, the call of God that you have on your life is too sensitive to leave things to chance. That That's a word for someone. The call of God on your life is too sensitive to leave things to chance. It's a time to buckle up. This is the time to, to reawaken his will in your life. The, the problem is not having too many bad influences around. The issue is you choosing your influences. The issue is you seething the things that come in. See, the truth is in your life and in, in your past, there, there are certain influences that you have denied. True? Are there certain things that someone has tried to introduce you to or some a situation that was so tempting that you, everything you wanted to do, but you said, no, I'm not going to, and you, and you actually won. And you actually denied yourself of that pleasure in that moment. You actually said no to them. Have you had that experience before? Whether it was smoking or maybe someone tried to introduce you to smoking or drinking excessively or stealing or fighting or, or fornication, whatever it is, have you resisted? If you have, that means there's hope. If, if you've in your life, I mean, there are a lot of things growing up that I said no to in, in my secondary school. I wasn't saved at the time. And there were people who were doing, you know, who were smoking weed and people who were doing drugs, certain drugs. And I said, no, I wasn't even under the influence of the Holy Spirit, but I resisted and I said, no, clearly said no. And because I could do that, if I could say no to negative influences, it means I don't have to be a slave to them. And even more now that you are in Christ, empowered by his spirit, guess what? Sin has no dominion over you because you are under grace and not under the law. That's what Romans 6, 14 says. You, 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 are, in, you are empowered by his spirit now, so you're not a slave to sin. You're a slave to righteousness. If you could say no before and you could say no and stand by it at a time where you didn't even love the Lord, how much more now? How much more now that you love the Lord? You can say no, but you, you need to make that decision to give your heart to give your mind, to give your soul only to the Lord. Create space only for Him so that the things and people that align to His will will easily find their way there too. I'm going to say that again. Create space only for God in your heart. And this is why. Because the things and the people that align to His will will be the only things that find their way into your heart. The reason why people have made mistakes on relationships and the people they, they, they choose to love is because they, they hadn't sanctified that space in their heart for the Lord alone and the things that, that align to the Lord's will. And that's why people who didn't align to his will with different values than the Lord's and different perspectives than, than, than what, of, what the Lord's is found their way and, and, and messed up a lot of things in your life. But when Christ is the priority, when God is the focus, when his instructions are paramount in your life, when his will is prioritized in your life, what happens is that the situations that align to his will will be the things you'll find yourself in. The people that love the Lord just like you love him will be the ones that find their way into your heart as well. So it's a, it's a clarion call, guys. 
Devote your life to the Lord. Let him be all that matters. When all is said and done in the buzz of life, right now some of you are trying to get a job. Some of you are trying to settle down. Some of you are trying to just finish school. Some of you are trying to enter a new phase of school. In all this hustle and bustle, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the Lord. He is the one you're going to be with for all eternity. He is the one that that gave you the life that you live now. So he is the only one that matters. He is the one that matters. And it's important that you make it so you prioritize him in your life. Like Joseph, you regulate your actions and your thoughts based on what the Lord's will is. You you see the situation and say, no, I will not commit this. Not against my master alone, not not just against you, but I will not commit this sin against God. God was the focus. In every decision, God was priority. In every decision, God was what saturated the corners of your heart of his heart and that should be the the case for you as well learn to prioritize god honor him with your life honor him with your actions let him take preeminence and, and precedence in your life today and forever praise the name of jesus so in your fight in your in your walk in in good works when it comes to that you need need to make sure that you're alert, that you're guarding your heart, that as much as you are subject to influences, you decide what influences stay. You decide what you are influenced by. You you, you decide what builds your life, what blocks of influence build your life. Because trust me, you will always be, you will always be encountered with all sorts of influences whether they are positive or negative it's your choice it's your responsibility to say no i i will be filled with the spirit i choose to be filled with the spirit i choose to let the words of christ dwell richly in me i choose to let him be all that i am to be all that i have to be all that i think about when the bible tells you you know when paul admonishes in philippians 4 8 and says brethren you know tells you that whatsoever things you know are are, are are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue if there be any praise do what think on these things think on this thing saturate your mind with things that are of good report saturate your mind on the things that are pure because you are building a life that will last because in so doing you are sowing the right seeds into your heart and they will bear fruit the one who who does anyone who finds themselves doing things that they regret and they never thought they could do is because they had been influenced consistently by certain things that led up to that situation no one might just will just wake up and and just find themselves doing terrible things all the time there there are seeds that were planted there were thoughts that found their way there were influences that stayed longer than they should have stayed there were thoughts that lingered longer than they should have stayed and that led to those actions so if you're going to control the actions and the outcome of your life if you're going to control the things that 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 lead to the course of your life control your heart monitor your heart guard your heart keep it diligently keep it jealously guard it guard it 
Guard it. Don't be lazy about it. Be diligent. Don't leave it to chance. Be diligent. Secure your heart. Let all that you think about be the things that be of God. Praise the name of Jesus. I know this is a simple teaching. This is something that 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 you probably will have to hear again over and over. And I will really encourage you to listen to this again. And I want you to take action. I want you to take it practically. I want you to think of those things that you are influenced by right now. The things that you need to stop in your life. The things you need to put off for a while. You need to be diligent about it. If you are, if if some of the triggers and the things that that be and that serve as an influence to you is that you should you know the things that are an influence to you sometimes you need to learn to cut them off sometimes you need to put them aside you need to go on a break if it's social media go on a break if it's internet go on an internet fast if, if it's certain movies go on a break from them if it's certain books put them aside and replace them with something better in that time track your progress track the influences in your life see how you're doing better when it comes to overcoming temptation find yourself in the right space spaces praise the name of jesus that's the whole point that's the whole point so that's that's what that's what god wants for us he wants us to be intentional about it i want us to just turn this into prayer right now i want you to pray to the lord with all sincerity i want you to I want you to pray right now and just thank the Lord and just say, Lord, I devote my life to you. Lord, you're the one that really matters. You're the one that I I love with all my heart. You really matter. You're the one. Lord, help me. Lord, help me to guard my heart with all diligence. Come on, pray like pray right now. Pray with all fervency and ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me to control my my influences, to be proactive about it, to not leave it to chance, the things that come to my mind, but to see them, to track what goes in, to track what comes out, to know what is influencing certain actions in my life that are not in tune with your will. Help me to be diligent. Help me to do this with all sober-mindedness in the name of Jesus. Help me to do this with all sense of sobriety. Help me to be careful and vigilant about all my actions help me to be careful about the things i'm exposed to help me to be to be discerning of those those exposures of those temptations when they come help me to speak out against them help me to control my environment help me to give zero tolerance for these things and flee all appearances of evil give me the strength to flee you did say lord at the time in the garden of gethsemane that the the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing my spirit is willing lord my flesh sometimes is weak but i pray for grace i pray for strength that the goal of grace be accomplished in my life that the goal of grace be accomplished in my life that i will walk good works in the name of jesus i will work good works in the name of jesus that my life will bear fruit of the spirit all the days of my life that i'll fulfill purpose in christ jesus which is which is exhibiting and living out these good works in the name of jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for grace. Thank you, Lord, for grace. I'm more intentional than ever before. The things that I'm prone to to being drawn away by, in the name of Jesus, I control them. I control my feelings. I control the influences. All my life and all my heart, I dedicate to you. I'm going to love you with all my soul, with 
all my mind, with all my heart. Everything that belongs to me, all of my heart now belongs to you. Thank you, Father. I dedicate myself, I consecrate my life and my heart to you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And Father, we thank you because of your grace. Thank you, Lord, because of your people. Lord, you know my heart that I want to see these people stand perfect and complete in your will. I want to see them thrive. I want to see them prosper in the will of you, in your will. I want to see them prosper. I want to see them grow and be successful, to grow onto maturity, to see them live and be zealous for good works. Lord, I pray by reason of this teaching series, as as many times as they, they reflect on the things that have been said and revisit the things that have been taught, I pray that you awaken something within their hearts to realize the great calling that you have on each and every one of them, that the calling on their lives really is sensitive and really is strong and really is vital and that they will live their lives consecrated to you in love with you though fall more in love with you by the day in the name of jesus thank you father for answered prayers in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen praise the lord i am super confident that this has been a blessing to you keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of god for your life stick around for more god bless you i love you